0: I'm Renee Buckingham from Sydney and Melbourne Vegan Guides and this is the show where we pull back the filter on the industry of influencing content creating and brand partnerships. We ask big names for their tips tricks and routines and we also talk to the brands the managers the lawmakers filmmakers possibly even cake makers and ask them the question do you even influence but seriously do you? Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. Happy Tuesday. And I'm saying Tuesday because if you're a fan of the show, you will know that every single Tuesday we drop new episodes. And we've also recently launched our amazing website. Please go and check it out. Do you even influence media? There's blogs there. There's links to different episodes. There's a little bit more about the show. But also the exciting part is there's is a voicemail tab where you can actually jump on there as the listener, give us feedback, spill the beans, tell us about brands you work with, or just say hello. We'd love to hear hear from you. But today on the show, we are talking all things TikTok. And if you haven't heard of TikTok, where have you been living? TikTok is quite clearly the most downloaded entertainment app in the world right now. But honestly, even for a content creator like myself, I sometimes don't really know where to start or how to get in on all the action. So Today on the show, I am very excited to announce that we have the awesome Thomas Granger, aka Tommy, who is the Community Marketing Manager for TikTok Australia. This is the first podcast interview, guys, that TikTok Australia has ever done on the creator side of things, which is huge. Tommy really gives an amazing look into the TikTok world and they give us some tips on how you can get started when gaining followers right away. They also talk about the ways in which TikTok supports its community of creators.
1: As community, we look at one-to-many. So, we build scaled solutions for creators to be involved um, in events. We create merchandise, we run educational workshops, we really find new ways to grow and nurture the people who are on TikTok already, as well as finding new people who we think are well-suited to TikTok.
0: And they let us know the sorts of creators they see being able to monetize their accounts.
1: The breadth of creators who are monetizing their brand on TikTok. It's not necessarily those creators that have the largest following that are able to manage a entire life as a full-time creator.
0: This is the very first podcast in Australia to get these insights. So stop what you're doing, take notes and let's get you TikTok famous. All right. Well, Tommy from TikTok, the community marketing manager. Welcome to Do Even Influence. We're actually just chatting off-air that this is one of the first podcasts that TikTok has um, been on. So we are so grateful that you're on here and really excited to get into today's chat. But we always start with a icebreaker. If you right now could travel anywhere in the world, all expenses paid, you could be anywhere, where would you be and what would you be doing?
1: Oh gosh, that's a difficult one. I would probably have to say Germany, I I spent a year living in Germany when I was in university and I just had the best time and I really discovered myself as a person and figured out what I wanted to do in life. So I would definitely be in Berlin, partying the house down with COVID wasn't happening right now, on the dance floor, dancing that techno music, eating all the amazing organic food that is available in Berlin. It's just actually a cultural mixing pot, really. And just having the time of my life, catching up with old friends. Yeah, it's going to say boring and do something I've already done before, but yeah, definitely Berlin, that would be my answer.
0: I spent twenty four hours in Berlin in on my Contiki, and it was literally one of the best places I went in Europe. Such a vibe!
1: Did you know they have a huge Uh, vegan community in Berlin as well? Yes,
0: like it's a vegan capital of the world. Which is like what everyone just thinks like Germany is like sausages. It's like no, they've got a massive vegan community. Mm -hmm. But you're not quite in Berlin; you are in lockdown in Sydney in your (laughs) apartment, as you just mentioned, covered in TikTok merch, which we love (laughs) very on brand. We know you have a killer job these days at TikTok and what an awesome company to work for. But as a kid, what did you want to be when you were growing up?
1: As a kid, I actually wanted to be an actor. I did singing lessons, dancing lessons, acting school. I was in musicals. I was really kind of, obviously being gay, it was kind of more of where my colors was shown. And I really enjoyed that whole theatrical side of things. So I always wanted to be an actor. And then I think that was as a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I really wanted to be a movie producer. And I didn't actually start my career as a producer, but suddenly realized, you know, this isn't really where the the future of content is going to be. It's going to be digital and it's going to be all about, you know, entertainment platforms like TikTok. So that's where I kind of landed. I ended up still serving that, in that space, but slightly different.
0: So interesting because I'm actually the same. Like James, my rather than the producer. We both grew up in Newcastle doing musical theatre, like completely obsessed with musicals, and now I'm in producing as well. It's kind of like, ah, similar, but not really. But, yeah, you're right. And if you look at, I guess, the entertainment industry right now, it's kind of on pause. So grateful to be in the content space. What's your favourite musical? Do you have one
1: or is that too hard? Oh, God. Actually, you know, it would probably be – had to pick one. Oh, that is a really okay, we'll good question. Okay, we'll give you two. Uh, I would say maybe Sweeney Todd. I love Sweeney Todd. I love Helena Bonham Carter as an actress, but I also yes. just love that as a musical. And I have to say, like, going back to my childhood, it would probably be The Sound of Music, just because it was something I grew up watching all the time. I was obsessed with the puppet scene. With oh, High my Island God, Girl, yes. <laughs> and that was just a scene I wanted to watch constantly and listen to on cassette tape. I'm showing my age there. Ca- actual cassette tapes in the car when we were driving. Yeah. Wow. I'm going way back now, but yeah, probably those two very different ones. Like very, you know, I guess uplifting and happy. The other one's quite dark and severely depressing, but you know, they're my two choices.
0: (laughs) Some great choices. Wow. Cassette tapes all the way to TikTok. I guess I'm sure everyone knows what TikTok is, but, but perhaps for those listening that aren't exactly sure what TikTok's all about and why people should be on it. Can you explain that for us?
1: Sure. TikTok is first and foremost an entertainment platform rather than a social platform. And our mission is to inspire creativity and bring joy. So everything you see on TikTok is all about creativity. It's, uh, I guess, a mobile first content creation platform. It's an entertainment source and it's a provider of endless stream of content. So what I love about TikTok is that uh, the For You feed, which is what you see when you first open the app, is a highly curated and personalized content stream. So it's never ending. So you can just open the app and you will receive content until you're finished, ready to get off the app. That's what I love about it. It's completely tailored to the individual's interests. And the more content you engage with, the more that the content becomes tailored to your interests. So, for example, Renee, if you're a vegan and you're also into musical theatre, you might start to see content (laughs) produced by vegans who are into musical theatre or dancing, potatoes, something like that. I don't know how, (laughs) how like unique that, that, that might deeply go in for you. But the idea is that everything you see is designed for you. And that's what I love. It's personal. Nobody has the same for you feed. Nobody sees the same content. Obviously that content might be, you know, cycled and other people will get to see that content and share if you have similar interests. However, at its core, everybody's stream is completely unique.
0: Wow. I did not know that. I'll keep my eye out (laughs) for dancing potatoes. (laughs) That's the best. What's your role there? Obviously, you're the community marketing manager at TikTok, but for those that don't understand, I guess, what your day-to-day looks like, can you tell us?
1: Sure. Well, my day and no two days are the same, first and (laughs) foremost, and we're still very much in growth mode, which I love. We love working at TikTok and the the whole culture around that. As community, we look at one-to-many. So we build scaled solutions for creators to be involved um, in events. We create merchandise, we run educational workshops, We really find new ways to grow and nurture the people who are on TikTok already, as well as finding new people who we think are well suited to TikTok and aren't currently on the app. So the idea is basically, we just want everyone to have an amazing time and a great experience and we facilitate ways to do that. So I've done things like Mardi Gras, for example, amazing experience this year where we had our giant float with TikTok join our floats. We had G Flip performing, choreography by Leah Howard. So all these other TikTok creators coming together, collabing to make an amazing experience off platform, but then also creating On platform experiences like the hashtag challenge that we did. Or we'll, for example, um, run cooking workshops and, and give our creators aprons that they feel like they're a part of the cooking community on TikTok. We'll do a live stream showcase. We'll have a bunch of creators going live every night. So the idea is that we're always facilitating new ways to spotlight emerging and amazing talent and providing a platform where people feel safe, secure, and they just love being on TikTok, essentially.
0: I think it's so interesting what you said before because I think a lot of people would describe TikTok as a social media platform. But you, what did you say? You said it, it's an a- entertainment
1: platform. Yes, yeah. think of it like-, like the the mobile version of Netflix, essentially. Yes, um, because. Essentially, what you're seeing is that we're focused on the creation of content and viewing content. It's less about the glossy, shiny posts that you see on other social platforms and more about that rawness, that authenticity, the individuality that really is what people love to come onto TikTok for. And I can say that there's no other community like it when it comes to TikTok. Everyone's just this themselves. And that's what people love to see. They love to see your highs and lows in life. People like to see the behind the scenes, what you get up to during the day. Yeah, I don't want to go onto TikTok to see here I look amazing on the beach. Here's my, you know, activated almond latte. My life's so amazing all the time. It's all, you know, glossy and, and rainbows, etc. We want to see the real authentic you. And sometimes that is you having a bad day, you sharing tips around how you overcame, you know, a mental illness, or how you've, you know, changed your life for the better. All these sorts of things we see on TikTok every day.
0: I think as well, so interesting given everything that's happening in the world right now in this pandemic, like the real the reality is no one's living this glam life at the moment. We're all like relatable in the sense that we're all, a lot of us are locked in at home. And so it's exactly. such a perfect time to be on TikTok. I think for someone like myself, like I have a vegan page on there, but I'm still not utilizing it in a way that I could. What would you say to creators that maybe aren't on there or just haven't really been putting the effort to grow their brand on TikTok?
1: Great question. So I always like to say baby steps, dip your toes in. You don't have to go in head first. So there's a few things you can do straight away to really be discovered on TikTok and to get your content creation juices flowing. Even if you're not a creative person, that's fine. You can lend on other people's creativity. So first and foremost, it's to TikTokify existing content. So if you've got stuff in your camera roll or things that you've posted previously on other platforms and that are sitting on your phone in some way, how can you make that more look and feel like a TikTok? It's things like adding music to the video. So, picking from our actual music library and adding that to your video. That's a great way to be discovered because any sound that you attach to your video is searchable. The other element is to add text. So, using some of the voice to text, you know, those features that you might've seen on TikTok before? the best. The best, right? But a lot of people have pre-recorded that and maybe it's in their camera roll for six months. Some of the content I've uploaded have been like six to 12 months old and it's done amazingly well. So, there's, there's no reason why you can't actually take content you've already got and edit it in app. So we have some great editing tools. So you don't have to be an amazing editor. You can dive in, create it from scratch. The other thing is to actually just take advantage of some of our content creation tools. So we have a number of bespoke tools that sit within TikTok that you can use to create content things like the green screen tool. I don't know if you've seen that before as well. So a lot of those videos, we see people putting themselves yeah. behind images or videos. <laughs> behind the
0: ex's yeah. text message.
1: <laughs> I remember yeah. the days when I'm showing my age again. Now, when I was a YouTube partner, oh my gosh, when they first rolled this program out, like oh, over a decade ago, certainly over a decade ago, Maybe 15 years ago. And you would, if you wanted to create a piece of like green screen material, you had to go in and edit it, like actually get a proper, I'd bought a professional green screen. I'd, you know, cut all my content together. I'd spend days editing one clip and then uploading it, hoping for like maybe 10,000 views because back then that was quite a lot for one video in Australia, right? Now you can create something using the green screen tool in 30 seconds and have it uploaded. And then by tomorrow, you might have 4 million views on that piece of material if it performs well and, and, and other people enjoy it. So, I think definitely tapping into those easy creation tools. The other... Tip that I would give you is definitely jump on existing hashtags and trends. So if the reason why you see a lot of the same content in its own sort of just unique form or spin, so it's like recycled content is because it's popular. So if you're seeing that, take advantage of that trend, whether it's the I'm so pretty challenge or tell me your ex without telling me your ex or using an effect or song that's currently trending on TikTok, that's a great way to be discovered. Every hashtag, every effect, every sound that you use if it's from the app, it's all searchable. So therefore, it's increasing your chances of discoverability.
0: Wow, some amazing tips on there. Honestly, I'm like already, I'm like, yeah, Renee, you got it. Because I think so many people look at TikTok and think oh, it's too hard, it's overwhelming. I just won't do it. But when you see, like in here, these really easy tips, like you're saying, guys, back in the day I had to get a full green screen. Now you can just have a digital exactly. one. Like it's so easy. And like you said, it should be approachable and fun. And like I think people get overwhelmed because they might look at other platforms that are like highly curated. And you have to be a photographer, but it's like no, you just need to be a person that's interested in what you're talking about or doing or take on one of the challenges as well that's right and don't forget
1: to, to test and create original content so we don't know what's going to go viral you don't know what's going to go viral the only way you can find out is to create that content and see if it does go viral so the moral of the stories the more content they create the more you're increasing your chances of exposure
0: It's so interesting as well that you hear about the people that have literally just gone viral from videos that you probably wouldn't have even expected to be something that would go viral. What about any tips I guess you've got for people that are already on there and really wanting to boost their engagement and following? You touched on hashtags. Are they really important, do you think?
1: Yes, yes, they are. So I would say using a few hashtags sparingly that you know relate to your video is important please do not use hashtag FYP for you page or for you feed. I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody does it because there's this undocumented kind of crazy idea that people that have that hashtag somehow perform better. The hashtag is to search up other content. So do you think anybody on TikTok is searching up FYP or for you feed? They would get literally billions and billions of videos they'd have to go through so that's definitely not the case it works really well if you've got a particular niche area say you're a small business and you hashtag small business on tiktok then other small business creators can find you and that's that leads me on to my second point which is establish a bit of a community. So respond to comments. There's an amazing tool that we have on TikTok where it's respond to comment with a video. So you can actually, when you see, scroll through the comments on a video, you can hit respond with a video and then you can create a video response that will then add it to your profile page and send it out into the For You feed increasing your discoverability even further. And it really showcases your engagement with your fans or followers because really they are kind of your fans. They love following your journey. Some amazing creators that are just great at interacting with other creators. Another thing that I highly recommend is to go live. So once you have over a thousand followers, you can go live on TikTok. And I've seen some amazing stats on how quickly other creators have managed to gain a following. And the reason behind that is because you've enabled yourself some time to build up a sense of authenticity and trust with your audience. Going live for say an hour, these people that have tuned in, they're going to follow you afterwards. But if people see your videos in the For You feed, they may like or comment and share, but they may not necessarily decide to follow you. So the follow rate is often quite a lot higher in a live than maybe in other respects. Obviously, this is just anecdotally, I mean, it's not to say that this happens every time, (laughs) but definitely something I've noticed as well, going live is great and enables you to meet people on a whole new level. So, and you can also go live with other people. So it's a great way if you've got, you know, friends with a quite large following and you want to tap into their audience, go live with them on TikTok as well.
0: We love these tips. Hey, I've heard you use the term verticals. Can you tell us what this means and I guess what verticals are big right now and maybe what ones I guess you see have, will be gaining further growth in the future?
1: Sure, it's like a vertical is like a content category. So, I mean, it's just a, a very much an umbrella term to refer to different interests, hobbies, and I guess personalities on TikTok. So we've got, uh, you know, verticals like the big gaming community or the food community, the fashion and beauty communities. I would say that, like honestly, there is, everything is huge on TikTok. One that is massive though, and this probably doesn't surprise anyone, is comedy. Comedy is like honestly, honestly underpinned in almost any piece of content. You'll see it in food, comedy food videos, funny fashion videos, like memes. A lot of the content you see on TikTok has a comedic underpinning. So um, trying to find ways that you can engage with an audience in a funny way is often a really effective way to reach um, people at scale. The food community is firing massively at the moment as oh well. God. So you've probably seen this like a lot of incredible uh, plant-based Dishes that people are making. Feta pasta, people doing their own vegan version of that. Pasta chips is currently trending. Oh my
0: gosh, I tried them. Oh, did you? Yeah, I tried Vegemite latte the other day. Tasted terrible, but I.
1: A Vegemite is what? You see, it's just black coffee and Vegemite and then. Yeah, Vegemite latte.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: I haven't seen that one. Look, there's pretty much everything and anything when it comes to food on TikTok. Mukbangs are big as well. So it's like people just eating food, but food art, I love watching that. So people like just make dresses out of like Mandarin peels and everything. It's incredible. Fashion is really big on TikTok at the moment as well. Sport is really big. Gosh, yeah, I feel like everything's just growing. Exactly. We've seen some amazing growth from our Olympians who are on TikTok, more and more of them coming on as well. I would say like every, every vertical, we have a, a dedication and dedicated people to grow different verticals. And the amazing thing as well is that there's a, a, such an, Open opportunity for people from different personalities and identities to be on uh, TikTok as well. So I just love how we have such a strong First Nations community on TikTok, Maori Pacifica community. We have obviously our LGBTQIA plus community on TikTok, which I'm super proud about. And everyone is actually really close knit and supports each other in terms of their own account growth and finding ways to lift each other up on the platform. It's definitely a really positive experience.
0: Absolutely. Incredibly inclusive, but also gives everyone the power to have their own voice, which I think is really important and also cool in this day and age. Hey guys, this is Jade from Melbourne Jade. I thought I'd just check in to say hello and to let you guys know that I've actually gotten a fair few followers after the podcast and lots of messages from Uh, followers saying how much they enjoyed the podcast which has been amazing I've also received a lot of messages um, for advice asking about rates or how to get in contact with brands which has been great and um, personally myself I've reassessed my own rates and I actually have put them up and I haven't got any backlash from brands so it just shows when you value yourself brands will will value you as well so yeah I just thought I'd say hello And maybe I look forward to a Belvin Jade part two. All right, guys. See ya. I guess we just touched on the content creator side, but obviously there's been some incredible campaigns and ads around from the brand side. Why do you think brands need to be on TikTok and work with TikTok if you call them influencers?
1: Creators, but yeah, influencers. Creators creators because they're always making content. They're very creative, I guess is also the word. And that's what I love about being a creator in this day and age. You kind of are your own actor, producer, often finance manager, (laughs) strategist, storyboard (laughs) artist, script writer. I mean, if you want to work in the entertainment industry and you want to do it on your own, that's the best. That's often the best. I should say it's not always the best. It's often the best approach. Why should brands be on TikTok? Great question. Well, at the end of the day, TikTok's the place to be. They've got millions and millions of users on TikTok every day. We're growing rapidly. And as a result, it's a great place to advertise because we know that TikTok is a highly engaged platform, meaning that when people are on TikTok, they spend a lot of time there. So much time. I don't know about your experience on that, but I find myself wait after an hour, I'll be it's like, oh my hole. gosh, I've just been. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. It's also the amount of engagement because of that authenticity. It's a great way for brands to be able to break through and reach new audiences. And a lot of users who are on TikTok are on other platforms as well. So it's a new audience. And then a lot of the people that are on other platforms, but also on TikTok, use TikTok for different purposes. And they see it as a more, I guess, authentic and relatable uh, platform. So it's creators who create, you know, I guess, engaging content that is sponsored in a way that cuts through. It's like a goldmine for brands, essentially, because it's advertising without advertising.
0: Yeah, and I was going to touch on that because I think obviously you are someone that's studied marketing and been in this industry for a while, and I studied at uni, and like this was just never a dialogue around what we study, and it's so it's been so interesting to see the shift in like what is a traditional ad and how how much more authentic and engaging an ad can now be. How do the collaborations between I guess the brands and the TikTok creators typically work? Yeah, great question. Well, this reminds
1: me of I. Currently mentoring a student at UNSW, and we had a, ah, that's a mentoring. Where I studied. Oh, amazing! Yes, Represent. Yeah. We had actually had a brand pitch. Procter and Gamble sent sent these students a bit of a task to come up with a way to tap into Gen Z, selling a product that is quite, I guess, traditionally streamed at an older, like forty plus audience, which is Olay. So they had to come up with a solution. And across the board, unanimously, they all thought influencer marketing, specifically TikTok, was the best route to cut through and engage. So now these sort of conversations are happening sort of in real time with students at university so it's definitely you know on the floor for even more traditional brands where they haven't encroached in that space before but how do brands work with creators is that what you was say
0: yeah i'm yeah. like because obviously you see these ads you know happening on tiktok and it's such a positive experience for brands but i'm really interested to know like how does that get from the brief to the creator
1: yeah, great question. Well, there's a number of different ways that that can occur. I guess brands can direct work directly with creators uh, and a lot of a lot of brands do. So there, a lot of our creators will also have management that will help, you know, streamline the negotiation deals, work out what they're doing. And then they'll just create their content, upload it, obviously ensuring things like they're not violating music licensing agreements, that they have the rights to the content that they're just identifying it's an ad. But really there's a lot of creators who are doing this full time and they're in the um, control seat. They're really, you know, driving their own growth as almost like a mini celebrity, if I do say so myself, like some of them have got, you know, in Australia, five plus million followers, and they're making, you know, some very impressive figures off the back of that. But they can also work directly with us. And we have uh, a large sales team that help uh, facilitate those uh, deals. And we have also a team that deal directly with creator solutions. So they will help pick the best creators that they think will align with the brand's ethos, its DNA, as well as with the campaign itself. And then they'll be able to brief that in and then quality control the content that goes back to the brand before it goes live on TikTok. So it's a well-oiled machine these days, definitely. A brief comes through, we find the right people, we brief it out, they get paid, they make some amazing content, everybody wins.
0: I'm interested to know, maybe even for my own personal sake, how many followers do you think people need to have to start gaining um, income from TikTok?
1: Oh gosh, that's a really interesting question because I don't think it's a number figure specifically. And the reason for that is when I look at the breadth of creators who are monetizing their brand on TikTok, it's not necessarily those creators that have the largest following that are able to manage a life as a full-time creator. It's really about understanding your personal brand, knowing your worth and, and, and being able to work with brands. So certain creators may have a small following, but they have a highly engaged group of people that follow them. And also their brand is really uh, unique, distinct, and easily sale. Right, so I always think when you are creating content as an influencer, think about how accessible your brand is. Think about what you offer uniquely that other creators don't offer, and also think about your worth as a creator. So you know, don't sell yourself short. Believe in yourself. Be willing to negotiate, and yeah, just know that it doesn't. It doesn't really matter how many followers are. Some you can really monetize your brand from an early onset. So it's definitely not about how many followers you have. It's just got, it comes down to the quality of your content and how engaged you are. So the more that you create authentic, relatable content on the platform, it doesn't matter that you how many followers you have. It really does come down to how, how you sell your brand.
0: Amazing. And does TikTok uh, give content creators access to their insights and analytics to pass on to brands as well?
1: They sure do. So, well, not not to brands directly, you can gain access to any of your analytics at any given time by, by going into the creator tools app. So make sure you do have either a creator account or a business account. If you have a regular account, you don't get access to that. So I recommend the majority of creators would have access, will create a creator account and you can switch anytime just in your account settings. Super easy. It takes about two seconds and then you can go and actually look at your analytics. You can look at stuff like age demographics, countries where your content's coming from, time of day, as well as gosh, let me think. Also where your source of traffic is coming from. Is it coming from the for you feed? Is it coming from your followers? Is it coming from a sound that you've used? Is it a hashtag that you've used? So it's a great way to start to understand how to pivot your content based on its success or perhaps not so successful pieces of material that you post. When it comes to brands, when we work with them on a particular campaign, we'll obviously do a full report and wrap up as to the the success of that. So absolutely. But then if a brand is working directly with a creator, they'll often request it comes from the creator or their management so they can see how that campaign performed. But a lot of these stats are obviously visible to the public as well. Things like likes, comments, shares, and number of video views. Anyone can see that. We don't hide it at all.
0: Amazing. And in an article you wrote, I will pop the link to this article in the, our show notes, but you touched on that brands are no longer just competing against other brands. Content marketers are competing against consumers. Can you explain what this means? Sure. So when brands
1: create content now, right, they're competing for entertainment space. So whether it's an ad or not, they've got to get people's attention. So when you have an ad sitting up against another piece of content, if that other piece of content is more entertaining and it's more relatable to the user, they're going to spend more time engaging with that instead of something else. It's always a, it's an act of choice, whether I'm watching Netflix, whether I'm on TikTok, whether I'm Um, watching the news, whatever it might be, you're always competing for time and entertainment and attention, really. So brands need to think of themselves as content creators because the more entertaining their content is, the more relatable their content is, even as advertising material, the more likely they are to cut through with the user, gain a sense of trust and authority, and therefore convert the user. It's not just about competing against other brands now. It's actually competing against, you know, the latest cat video that's trending,
0: (laughs) Amazing. And what do you think brands should look for when trying to choose the right creators for, I guess, their brief or their product?
1: I think it's really important that brands consider a broad spectrum of users' personalities and identities. And by that, I mean, it's really important that we give voice to First Nations creators, LGBTQIA+, Maori Pacifica, our Indian Punjabi community as well. These make up a large portion of the population and they're often underrepresented in content. And that's what I love about TikTok is that a lot of people from these identities get a voice. And that is particularly important because uh, gone are the days of just having, you know, the blonde hair, blue eyes person running down the beach in a beautiful bikini. That really is uh, not how society looks and it's certainly not an accurate representation. So ensuring that that's paramount first and foremost in your campaigns, I think is really, really important. Second of all, I think it's really important to have a conversation with some creators, be really direct about how your brand needs to be portrayed Ensure they understand that and look at creators as well that I think align well with the core DNA or entity of your brand. So things that your brand speaks for, typically those creators will reflect that in some way, shape or form as well. I think another point is to not be afraid to put some of the power in the hands of the creator. So by that, I mean, they're amazing at making material. They're very creative. So trying to prescribe to them exactly what type of content you want them to make can often be stifling. It can also be inauthentic and it can lose the point. So you picked a creator for a reason. Let them run with it a little bit. A great example of that is uh, the Red Rooster campaign that All Right Hey did. I'm sure he mentioned it, but Red Rooster approached All Right Hey to make some content and they said, look, these are kind of, what what he explained was they gave him some parameters around he wanted to create and he turned the wheel and said, you know what? You've loved what I've made so far. Why don't you just let me to continue making that kind of material, knowing that I'm going to steer it in the right direction. And it's amazing to see brands put some trust in creators as well and realize that, look, they're already doing something well. Don't try and fix it or move it or manipulate it. Run with it. That's my advice.
0: You're so right. And I think from the content side of things, the more niche and specific you get with the brief, the more overwhelming it becomes, and then you lose that authenticity or the voice that you have with your community and your brand. And I'm with you there. I think content creators know what works for their audience best. So having that trust in a brand, like exactly what Red Rooster did with All Right Hey, was phenomenal and it was executed perfectly. (laughs) It was so amazing. So good. So I think that's um really important, I guess, for brands to, I guess, have more trust in content creators. And like you said, like you're approaching them for a reason. So go for it. I want to know as well, like I think for me, when I, when this pandemic started to kick off and I hate talking about, but it really is the reality of what we're going through. I was like, oh, well, there goes the online career. You know, I think I had this fear, but I think if anything, we've seen this massive shift that everyone is online, people are going and fostering communities online and I've I think, obviously, this pandemic has boosted the online world. What's your experience been like with TikTok? Have you seen a massive shift in this?
1: Well, people are spending more time at home. Um, well, they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely spending a lot more time at home all yeah. in lockdown. <laughs> Including us. Um, <laughs> what I love about TikTok is that you don't need to be in any particular place to watch or create content, and that's what we've seen in lockdown, right? People are they have a lot more time and they love expressing themselves and being creative and TikTok's definitely the avenue to do that so you can be making content in your bedroom your living room in your bathroom even there's no real parameters all you need is your mobile phone and that's what I love about the fact that content creation is so accessible to everybody we also have seen that TikTok really is the cultural zeitgeist it's shifting the conversation to the now so everything that you see that's happening is happening in the real world and it's a way to stay connected I think that's the most important thing what I've loved seeing is all the videos around people being vaccinated and showcasing their experience with that. Amazing to see the thousands and thousands of TikTok creators in Australia and across the globe for that matter, and New Zealand, showcasing and encouraging other people to get vaccinated as well and and driving Mm -hmm. a really strong social cause to try and get us out of lockdown to sort of, you know, move forward outside of the pandemic. So we're seeing that platforms like TikTok are really helping shape that narrative. Amazing to see that this month we had a live with Dr. Kerry Chant, which really addressed local questions, local issues from people in the community that were perhaps had a few concerns or weren't sure about certain areas of what they could and couldn't do, there's Kerry live on TikTok answering all their questions. And also this month, we also launched from 11 o'clock, the updates every day are live in New South Wales on TikTok as well. So I guess TikTok's bringing a form of entertainment like we haven't seen before and really I guess the whole COVID-19 situation has really given rise to video on demand and and content that's been created by people within the community as well. So entertainment from people that we know and love.
0: So important though, I think part of me doing this podcast is to challenge and explore the stereotype of I guess, of what people think an influencer is. And you touched on it before, like the blonde blue hair, uh, sorry, the blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, girl in a bikini. But I think it's so important to see and also very rewarding to know that TikTok's giving individuals a voice and diversifying what is on, out there online. And even though it obviously is a very entertaining platform, it's also backing and getting behind and cheerleading behind such important social causes and messages, which is amazing to see. What pitfalls, if any, do you think new TikTok users should try to avoid in order to build a successful page or brand?
1: I don't really think there are any pitfalls when it comes to jumping on board TikTok. I think it's more the hesitancy to create content, thinking I'm not a creative person. I don't know where to get started. As I said, dip into those archives that we've already got jump on the wagon and create regularly as well don't sort of lose faith keep posting material engage with other material there's really no right or wrong way to make content on tiktok which is what i love i would definitely say there's a few tips though for example create your content around say the 15 to 30 second mark another one is obviously not using irrelevant hashtags like hashtag fyp shooting vertical because obviously it's a mobile first content and we want our experience to be fully immersed in the material. So the content that is widescreen typically won't perform as well because it's not as native to the app.
0: Not YouTube, Um, sorry guys.
1: Yeah. You don't want to just be reposting that material unless you're TikTokifying it, of course, and adding text and colourful stuff in the background and just not being afraid to experiment, I'd say. A great example is like even personally, my top performing TikTok, I didn't think twice about it. I duetted another drag queen, we did some transition video. Woke up one point five million views, what? and I really showed the power of TikTok on a personal ex- level. To say, you know, what, I as a as a staff member have now created an official viral video on TikTok.
0: You've gone viral. We have to absolutely link that in our show notes if we're allowed, <laughs> so sure, we why and not? can check it out. Obviously, we've seen massive, massive growth in TikTok in the last year, even months. Where do you see TikTok in the next few years?
1: I see TikTok is really evolving as being an, an app that's used by everybody. It's something that you'll be using not only for, I guess, your entertainment, but for your updates, your news, understanding what's happening in the world. Another area I think that we'll see massive growth is around live streaming capabilities. We're already, we already we already have live streamed some incredible experiences like we've had Gucci and Dior do runways for their spring collections live on TikTok. We've had amazing artists like G Flip, Amy Shark, Delta Goodrum in Australia alone performing. We've had globally other artists performing to sold out stadiums. So definitely changing the way that we receive entertainment. I think we're just going to continue to evolve and grow. We have an amazing team that are really dedicated and passionate about TikTok, but also just providing new and exciting ways to access content that's democratizing the way content's consumed as well. Definitely some very exciting projects under wraps. So watch this space, but TikTok is definitely here to stay and we are going to just continue to wow you all with the amazing content that you as content creators are making on a daily basis.
0: How exciting. Like You have absolutely influenced me like to get on TikTok. After this, I'm literally going to go and jump on and get my own TikTok account. And just oh, you yeah, wait. I'll go viral. I'll report back.
1: <laughs> I'm holding you to that.
0: Yes. <laughs> We're going to move on to spill the beans questions where we just go a little bit more behind the scenes and learn about you. Uh, coffee or tea, firstly?
1: Oh, 100% coffee. I'm having my third oh. almond latte for the day and it may <gasps> not be my last.
0: Oh my gosh, you are me. How many shots a day do you reckon you have? <laughs>
1: oh god it depends uh, because sometimes i have a long black as well and that's kind of two isn't it at least yes, so maybe yep. like four or five maybe more i don't know i don't count I'm anymore with you
0: yeah you're like what there's all my friend calls it cup zero the one you have before like none am I'm like this is cup amazing oh loose. well i probably normally yeah. have
1: two cup zeros then oh amazing
0: <laughs> summer or winter
1: Summer, one hundred percent. Take me oh, out of bring it winter. On. No, that's yeah. why I still don't live in Europe. It's just too cold.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. Favorite Apple software that you personally use, apart from TikTok, of course. That would be your favorite. Favorite app?
1: Oh, god. You know what? It's probably the podcast app because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have to say, I, I, mean, I haven't listened to your show, but so many other shows. I just devote. Podcast is my form of entertainment.
0: Amazing. What's your favorite show on podcast on the podcast platform?
1: Oh, my favorite show. Oh, this is really, these are really hard questions because I have. Sorry. so I to so many different. It's fine. Oh my gosh!
0: Right now, I'm listening to Hidden
1: Brain because I find it really fascinating. It's quite, uh, I guess, more intellectual podcast. They just look at human behavior and sort of how our Ooh. brain operates. It's really fascinating. But also, I really, if we're looking about social podcasts, I really like Social Minds. It's a UK podcast, and they just give you a really good lowdown on everything that's happening in terms of creators and brands. So definitely check my that gosh.
0: out. James, please write that one down. Um, so good. I'm sure I'm sure you've seen so many incredible content creators, but do you have, I guess, any content creator crushes or inspirations?
1: Oh, favorite creators! My God, look, I as a as a fellow drag queen, I'm not anyone near on their caliber. I love the transition videos that Plastic Tiara creates out of the US. Incredible! If you haven't seen their content, absolutely the best hands down drag transformation <gasps> transition videos you'll ever see. If we're talking around content itself, I really do have a soft spot for Christian Hull, local creator. He's Amazing. so funny and he's been an incredible, I guess, case study in how to monetize your brand. I mean, he's just made a bully, like a, a rude version of Monopoly and now he's selling it and he's made videos on TikTok. He made his he fragrance, he made his pendants, he made his plants. I mean, he's done so well and he's turned like a whole community into a... I guess, customer base as well.
0: Yeah, he actually runs kind of like workshops and mentorships in the radio, like the station that I work for. I, yeah, everyone's a massive fan of him around here, but I didn't haven't seen Fuckopoly. I have to yeah. check that out. Can you name some of your favorite campaigns or trends that you've seen online?
1: Oh, is this on TikTok or outside of TikTok? Yeah, let's go TikTok. Would, okay, my favorite on TikTok would definitely be, trends would definitely be the... Tell me your ex without tell me your ex. Like, tell me your small yeah. business on. Tell me you're Australian without tell me you're Australian. I love those. The most random one that's recently been trending was Versailles Run. I don't know if you've seen it where it's, like, the Nicki Minaj music and it's, like, you put your face inside, like, a woman from Versailles in, like, you know, the 1920s or whatever, or well, late late 1800s. Amazing. What else? There were so many... Like, there's so many just random ones. Like, KFC did a KFC bucket hat challenge. So So, like, just crazy the kind of stuff that people come up with my favorite to work on though was definitely the Mardi Gras hashtag challenge we did with Leah Aww. Howard and G Flip because that was just so much fun we had um branded effects you had a crown you had your hands turned into a rainbow uh, and we danced to a remix version of G Flip and MNX Tunes song Queen and that was so much fun shooting all that content and seeing all the creators across Australia make amazing content to be on our float so that was so much fun look there's just so many There's a really fun one that Mecca just did with makeup throwback to 90s. So it's like a 90s makeup look. Yes. I mean, even the stuff that the the brands. blue eyeshadows. I I love it. I was like, even the content, I would say even, the content that brands are creating around hashtag challenges is amazing. And working directly with some of our best creators to tell stories. I mean, TikTok's all about storytelling and um, taking people in on that journey. So any any challenge, any trend really does capture the essence of narrative storytelling really well.
0: And it could be big or small, but what has been the coolest thing you've gotten to do in your role with TikTok so far?
1: Oh, gosh, I've already said this so many times, but definitely Mardi Gras. That was so much yes, fun. Yeah, so we rewarding though. We had Rita Ora came to our party. She just requested oh, to come. We had a, we had a party that... With the week of Mardi Gras, and it was just amazing to see the whole TikTok community coming together across different identities. We had a discussion on transgender visibility, we had multiple drag yeah. performances. G Flip performed, we interviewed Leah Howard, everyone did some dancing. We had TikTok cocktails. It was just, it was in the, in the outfits. I was blown away. There was not even a thing oh really. It was just come as your best Mardi Gras look. And then people would just look amazing. So the creativity on and off platform is just something I just love. And we've just, there's been so many things that we've done in 12 months. And I just don't even know where to begin, but definitely Mardi Gras has been a highlight, I think, across the business for sure.
0: And what would be a dream collaboration or brand that you would love to see either TikTok work with or you yourself on TikTok work with?
1: oh gosh I have to think about that for a second I would really love and this is obviously biased to me but I would really love us to do a really strong collaboration with RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under they just had season one I mean season two might happen it would be amazing if we could do a casting for the the next queen to be like TikTok queen right (gasps) and we have a hashtag challenge and we have the producers of World of Wonder come on board to actually find one of the contestants to be from TikTok there's some amazing drag queens in Australia on TikTok like Amina Jade is going to give her a plug there creating incredible looks so why not? I mean, we're a platform that is viable to do castings with. You know, it's a great place to access new and exciting talent. So I'd love to see a collab with Stan on um, season two of Drag Race Talent.: oh,
0: We're going to send this to Stan. Absolutely. James and myself actually <laughs> went to school with Reese Nicholson, so we know him really well. Oh, wow. Amazing. I'm, yeah.
1: People said when I was growing up that I looked like him because I'm actually actually a ginger and I used to dye my hair bright oh. red. And everyone would think I was Reese Nicholson when I was walking out and about. It was quite funny, but it looked very different now. But yeah, at the time, everyone was like, that's Reese Nicholson? <laughs>
0: You're like, yeah, I'm a comedian, What of it. <laughs> the best. Oh, we learned something about you that we didn't know. And this is our final question for the podcast. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Like I've learned so much. I know our listeners are going to learn so much. But if you personally could have one influence over something in the world, nothing to do with influencing or content creating, maybe it's a policy or a social cause, or just getting people to floss their teeth, what would it be?
1: 100% would be equality across the board. Equality for people with different identities, genders, races. Yeah if we had equality, I think a lot of the world's problems would be solved. There wouldn't be war, there wouldn't be poverty. I just think it's so, to me, it's so important that, like I I definitely don't consider myself someone who who's grew up in hardship, but I definitely grew up in the Western suburbs of Sydney. I obviously am gay. The suburb that I grew up in was quite religious as well. I went to a religious high school. I found it quite stifling at times to be myself. And I was quite heavily bullied. And I think that had some broader impacts on my life and still things that I think I'm dealing with. And so I can't imagine how much, I guess, trauma or struggle other people have had where they've been in much more toxic and and, uh, unwelcoming situations, just to know that I was underlyingly not welcome and didn't feel like I was welcome. And, you know, I came in from an area that had the second highest no vote in the country in a time when, you know, equality was so important to me for um, marriage equality. So to me, that even that small experience has taught me so much about how why it's so important to represent diverse voices on platforms like TikTok. And I definitely think, hands down, if I could wave my magic fairy wand, mm-hmm. it would be for equality.
0: <laughs> you are so wonderful. Thank you so much for all your insights and just also, yeah, being completely honest and raw yourself keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see where your future leads you. And I'm so grateful for your time. Tommy, the Community Marketing Manager at TikTok, thank you for joining the show.
1: Thank you, Brené. I loved coming on. It was so much fun.
0: You're the best. Oh my gosh, such an interesting chat. So, so generous with all the tips and tricks that Tommy gave. Thank you so, so much. Were you guys taking notes? Because I definitely was and it was certainly an inspiration for me to start diversifying my platforms and presence online. I should also give a shout out to Tommy because they actually set up a meeting with me after this chat with a plan that they had prepared for my brand starting on TikTok and they had done all their own research and everything. So thank you, Tommy. You are an absolute superstar. And in saying that, I'd love to let you guys know that I am now officially on TikTok. We've always had our food account at World Vegan Guides, but you can now follow my personal one as well at Renee Buckingham and keep me accountable because we all know TikTok really is the platform of the future. Very grateful for your time and can't believe we scored an interview with Tommy. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love for you to help the show grow by clicking subscribe and leaving a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. This episode was hosted by me, Renee Buckingham, and produced and edited by my brother, James, who also wrote the music. Mixing and mastering was Rach Chavez from Big Mastering. And if you'd like to get involved, please email us at doeveninfluence at gmail.com or slide on into our DMs on Insta at doeven underscore influence. See you next time.